0: Hello and welcome to Palace Confidential, your weekly look at all things Royal, right here on Mail Plus. I'm Jo Elvin and here's what we have for you today. What's in a name? Well, an awful lot if it belongs to a member of the Royal family, it seems. Plus, a new Royal book. But will this one be as controversial as the last? And the Prince of Wheels. See what we did there? Find out why Charles has been getting on his bike. Another week, another transatlantic royal drama. Where would we be without them? This time, over the name given to the Duke and Duchess of Sussex's new baby, of course, Lilibet, the personal nickname of the Queen. The Daily Mail's royal editor Rebecca English, who is at Highgrove, more on that in a minute, comes to talk to us through the origins of the row. Rebecca, what is going on?
1: Well, when it was announced on Sunday that Harry and Meghan had uh, welcomed the arrival of their baby daughter, Uh, Their choice of name did raise some eyebrows because it was Lilibet Diana. Uh, The Diana part of the name was expected but the Lilibet part definitely wasn't because of course it is the Queen's pet name. Uh, It is the name that her parents, her grandfather and her husband and very, very close family members of her generation call her. Um, I think people would be less surprised if it had been Elizabeth, but Lilibet took people by surprise. And there's been a, a lot of commentary about this, whether it's just a little bit too too intimate, um, whether it's a name that um, the Sussexes are hoping will very much establish the link between their daughter and the royal family. So there there has been a little bit of cynicism about this.
0: And the fact that the story rebutting the Sussexes versions of events appeared in the BBC of all media outlets, that's significant, isn't it?
1: I mean, absolutely, Joe. It is really significant. Of course, the BBC is the national broadcaster. and, And... This idea that, you know, the Queen might not have been so forthcoming in giving her permission had been touched by some of our newspapers, including the Mail, this week. But of course, you know, the BBC has particular significance in national life. So when they reported that a palace source said the Queen was never asked about whether she would be happy for them to use her nickname for their daughter, um, when they reported it first in their flagship Today news programme, and then subsequently on their website and in later television bulletins, that really set the cat amongst the pigeons and produced an absolutely stinging response from the Sussexes. First uh, through a spokesman saying that the Queen was the first person that they'd called to um, issue a legal warning describing the BBC's piece as defamatory and uh, insisting that the uh, allegations in it should never be repeated. We've discussed the royals pushing back. Is there briefing the BBC a sign of that? Well, of course, we don't know for sure whether this is a deliberate leak by uh, Buckingham Palace or the Royal Family, or it's just a courtier gone slightly rogue because they're totally exasperated with the situation. But what's really interesting is when I've spoken to Buckingham Palace about it, they were very, very keen not to comment, but nobody was actually knocking down or disagreeing with what the BBC had to say. Um, So I think that does add lot of credibility to the bbc's report and of course the bbc are absolutely standing by their story i mean if the sussexes want to take it further this could actually end up in court if they decided to go to court on the matter as they have done with reports twice before and in which case you know you've got the kind of very strange i suppose possibility that you know people could be asking the queen in person for for evidence in this case. I mean, who knows where this will go, whether the Sussexes will back down, whether the BBC will back down or whether they'll just, you know, both leave the fact they've made their points and, and try and let the matter settle. We don't know. And Rebecca, where do you think the truth lies in all of this? I mean, certainly from my perspective, people I've been talking to since the news emerged on Sunday, people have been surprised about the choice of name because they say it's just such a a personal family name that is being used in such a public way now Um, you know that's not to say they hadn't run it past the queen but certainly their decision has raised eyebrows also this row comes at quite a bad time on what would have
0: been the 100th birthday of prince philip will the queen be marking the occasion
1: yeah, as you say, Joe, the timing of this actually is really unfortunate because on on Thursday, the day this program comes out, uh, it would have been the Duke of Edinburgh's 100th birthday, and actually Buckingham Palace were planning to mark it, and they did with the release of a beautiful set of pictures of the Queen receiving a rose that has been named in her late husband's honour, and it's been planted in the East Terrace at Windsor Castle, which is actually just below her private apartments um, and the pictures have been released and and they're really really sweet they're very moving they're very poignant and it's just such a shame that once again it has been overshadowed by a row involving the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Well let's get the views now of our esteemed panel this
0: week I'm joined by The Mail and The Mail on Sunday star columnist Sarah Vine and the paper's diary editor that's right He's daily now for all you Richard fans. It's Richard Eden. Welcome to both of you. Now, Sarah,
2: you wrote this week that you were surprised at the choice of the name. I was. I was really surprised. I mean, I expected them to have Diana in it because that would be... Obviously, because Harry's so important, you know, Diana's so important to Harry. But I I did think Lilibet was very odd. I mean, it is the Queen's nickname. It's not even a proper name, really. And it just feels like such an intimate nickname as well. It was, you know, she was she was called that by her, I think it was her uncle or something like that, or her um, grandfather, by her father, by her father because Philip, she couldn't yeah. pronounce her own name and Prince Philip used it for her. And I just felt, I just, I honestly just think it feels Quite cynical. I'm really sorry. I just did think what? it felt really cynical. And a lot of people, in fact, a lot of readers emailed me to say they thought it was really shameless that they had done this to sort of deliberately almost sort of stamp the royal name on this child's head so that, you know, whatever else, however much they fell out of with the family. And I think. A lot of people feel that on the back of all the things that they've been saying about the Queen... I mean, this was the same Queen... Lilibet is the same Queen that apparently was a lousy mother who, you know, passed on her lousy parenting skills to her son who then became a lousy father who was, you know, unsympathetic to Diana, who was unsympathetic to, you know, the plight of Meghan when she... And and then you go and name your child after her. It just seems very odd. Being a devil's advocate,
0: it's such a sweet, cute... Intimate name? Do you
2: think they possibly meant it just as a sign of affection? I'd for the absolutely queen? love to think that that was the case. Yeah. I would absolutely love to think that was the case. But the trouble is, we've seen how these two have behaved over the past year, year or so, and I just, you know, I just don't. You know, my gut tells me no. I mean, mm. I thought maybe, you know, Doria would have a sort well, of. I look Doria in, would get a cause, look because you know she's been a huge support to her daughter, and you know, amazing for her to have that name you know to have her name i mean diana doria sounds quite sort of fun dd Dee Dee, you know but it's your uh, yeah exactly yeah. I, do, I you know i just i just think it's it, you know archie doesn't have an obviously royal name he was named when they were in the fold mm. you know now that they're, they're a bit perhaps worried about their currency their royal currency being depleted They've now given this child a name that isn't just associated with Elizabeth. It's, it's Lilibet. No one else in the world, apart from the Queen, is known as Lilibet. No. Now, speaking of the Queen, obviously,
0: Richard, they were saying that Her Majesty was the first person they spoke to. Whether or not they consulted the Queen about this name mm. is, is up for debate, clearly. But um, they do seem keen to show the world that they're on good terms with the Queen.
3: Oh, definitely. They obviously know how popular the Queen is, and and it does seem that they want to uh, capitalise on that, really. You know, no name mentioned that it comes from Meghan's side of the family. They're both the royal names, Diana um, and Lilibet. And, and making great... You know, their um, spokesman made great play of this fact that they spoke to the Queen first. They they rang her over the weekend, you know, the day or so after, after the birth. And who knows, this... Um, Call could end up being the centre of a court case. But we also, can't.
2: also they trademarked LilibetDiana.com two days before they announced the name. But do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there's a whole sort of there's so much baggage in that name for this baby to take on. Why didn't they just call her, you know, something um, completely?
3: And remember, this is a couple who've made clear that they um, don't want their children to have public profiles. Mm. They've been very keen on privacy, Mm. and they've talked about how they want to have a, a life away from the camera. They haven't been... They've taken legal action against um, people who've taken photographs of Archie. Mm. And then on the other hand, you're giving them these names loaded mm. with significance mm. and royal connection. And, and, uh, I mean, this is the institution
2: that, that Harry and Meghan claims has almost ruined their lives and driven them to the brink of suicide and all this kind of stuff. I would have thought if that really was the case, the last thing you would do is to want to sort of, you know, cement that, that forever in the yeah. name of your, your child. Mm. You just, you know, you wouldn't. Because because how is this girl, little girl, going to ever grow up? How is she ever, if she grows up and says, actually, I don't want to have anything to do with this royal family, she's always going to be named mm. after the Queen. Bet Diana, it's in her very mm. name. Well, it's interesting, isn't it, this sort of this ongoing
0: friction in the family and Prince Edward, suddenly Prince Edward's everywhere. He, you know, uh, they uh, telegraphed <laughs> the other day on the news when Prince Philip died and he's given an interview to CNN mm. saying, quote unquote, he thinks that it's, it's, it's very sad. And that's families for you. What What are your thoughts on that?
3: Well, I think he seems to be becoming sort of spokesman for the family. And what I find so interesting is that immediately after Prince Philip's death, um, Prince Andrew was straight there. He was outside the church, um, giving his comments to the press and that sort of thing, as well as Edward. But I think probably d- very, they probably they, discreetly. <laughs> They've discreetly yeah. decided that Andrew should go back to the shadows. Yes, I
0: think so. Edward I, think takes so but stage. I think Edward
3: is good because he's been always been very low profile. And he has a very good advisor with his wife, yes. Sophie, who was a PR but woman herself. Yes. I
0: mean, we've discussed before, does he have any star power.
2: No I mean he's but he's exactly what the royal family need at the moment which is they need someone really quite dull to say (laughs) really quite dull things. Imagine that being the (laughs) the high praise you're the dullest one. Sometimes sometimes in life you know you just want someone who will not say anything at all inflammatory and I think Edward can be relied on to, to just be sort of reliably dull, which is what the royals need. No, they, one
3: gaffes. Where are the gaffes? Come <laughs> <they> on. <don't. laughs>
2: stop, yeah. stop. I think dull
0: isn't a word that really comes to mind <laughs> for a while with the royal family. So I think we'll be catching up with that one. But sticking with that subject, we caught up with royal commentator Ian Lloyd this week, who provided some historical context to this whole name
4: business. The reason the name Lilibet is special is because it was the name that the Queen called herself, I mean, as an 18-month-old uh, princess, um, trying to say Elizabeth is quite difficult, so she came out with Lilibet. Her parents thought that was cute, picked it up, and um, other members of the royal family, the grandfather, the very gruff King George V, thought it was very uh, very nice, so did his equ- equally gruff wife, Queen Mary, and that became her childhood name, special name for friends and family, cousins, um, and very close friends friends. Um, as time has gone on, obviously, there's very there's very few people left who can call her Lilibet. Prince Philip obviously did. Maybe cousins like um, Princess Alexandra of Kent. Um, and I, I noticed recently when there was a letter, uh, f- a statement from King Felipe of Spain about um, the death of Prince Philip, he wrote it to Lilibet. I think the royal family have had nicknames right through History. I mean, Queen Elizabeth I was best to her family. The nicknames really came in during the reign of uh, Victoria, because Victoria had 40 grandchildren. And she put out this diktat that all the granddaughters should have the name Victoria in their name. And the boys, she wanted to be called Albert, so the first one would be Albert. And after that, some of the others would have Albert in their name. So there's a hell of a lot of Victorias and, and Albers knocking around 19th century Europe. So to different, differentiate them to the family, um, you know, when Queen Victoria was sending out letters, she, she would, um, they all had nicknames. So um, for instance, Marie, um, her cousin Margaret, their cousin Ernest, their cousin Frederick, ended up as Missy, Mossy, Ernie and Fritzy. I mean, one of the things Harry and Meghan could have done is called the baby um, Elizabeth Diana, and announced that she would be called Lily. Um, that wouldn't have been in any way controversial. Um, it's convention. I mean, Prince Harry is was himself called Prince Henry of Wales, and he still is occasionally in the court circular on very formal occasions. Um, but it was announced when he the names were released that he would um, he would be called Harry. So um, there's no reason why the baby couldn't have been. that but it's very odd considering the fact that they're supposedly like um, a private life and they want their children to grow up away from the strains of monarchy to to name them after two of the most uh, famous royals in the world I have to say. I mean certainly the um, the key names would have been for the future uh, monarchs so obviously she'd been very worried that um, or concerned that Charles and Diana called William the right name so William is uh, a royal name, William. He would be William the fifth. William the fourth was Queen Victoria's uncle, so that's a perfect name. And George. I mean, George. She would obviously adore because her father reigned as George the sixth. So uh, George will presumably reign as George the seventh. It would be a problem if they call him something wacky like an um, Apple or um, you know North by Northwest or even Prince. Can you imagine Prince Prince? Um, would have been a problem so she would definitely have stepped in over that so her concern really would be how it would sound for the the, uh, the family firm but uh, the further you get away from the the, the central lo- role then um, I, th- I think she'd be quite easy going uh, certainly she was about Zara Phillips who has a un- relatively unusual name but uh, as she's not a c- significant member of the royal family i don't think uh, it would bother the queen one of the things we have to wait and see is whether uh, little lily is, is christened in this country um, Given the, um, the Sussex's horror of, of high-profile events, um, they might want to keep it a low-key event for the Cloonies and Oprah and everybody in America. But if they do decide to come here and um, uh, christen the baby, then we'll have a, a photograph. We haven't seen the baby yet, so it would be nice for the Queen to meet her, it'd be nice for it to be documented. And of course, the baby would get to wear the, um, the royal christening robes, that would be quite a nice way and it would be a diplomatic thing and a way of building bridges to have the whole family gathered together.
0: That was Ian Lloyd there. Well, before we move on, we just wanted to remind you that you can get even more great royal coverage from Mail Plus by signing up to Richard Eden's weekly newsletter. Head to www.mailplus.co.uk forward slash palace hyphen newsletter. Phew for the very latest also you can now read richard's diary eden confidential every day in the daily mail and on mail plus now lily bett's name wasn't the only reason that the sussexes were causing headlines this week of course it wasn't there was also a new book not another finding freedom this one is called the bench it's a children's book written by meghan markle let's hear again from rebecca now rebecca
1: tell us about the inspiration for the book Well, when the book was first announced, it was revealed that it had been based on a poem written by Meghan for uh, for Harry to mark his first Father's Day uh, for their son, Archie. And uh, it's about a father's relationship with his son seen through the eyes of a mother. And what has the response been? Well, I hate to say it, but it has it has attracted quite mixed reviews, um, in, in, including by some kind of, you know, serious reviews in the Times and the Telegraph. They've they've said it's really quite trite. It's not really a children's book. It doesn't seem to be uh, particularly directed at children, and uh, it seems to be a kind of another kind of collection of you know sayings from Harry and Meghan, but this time with very very pretty pictures. That said, I'm sure it will go on to be a Bestseller. It's said to be topping some of the best-selling charts at the moment. So, you know, I'm sure it will go on to, to be a success in some way, shape or form, but it's certainly not to critical acclaim. Do you think this could be the start of a series of
0: children's books from Megan?
1: Well, it's certainly going to be the start of a literary career for Megan. It's been made very clear by the uh, Sussex Camp that uh, she has got her eye on more children's books and even wants to move into writing literature for adults. So uh, I suspect we won't have to wait too long before we see another publishing venture by Megan.
0: Well, I want to bring the panel back in now. Here she is, the bench. I'm sure you've both read it.
3: Yes. Richard. Review? Um, read it last night. Um beautiful illustrations, a very charming. Oh,
0: that's a bit of a faint sort of undermining <laughs> bit of
2: praise. But for <laughs>
3: this might like sound like jealousy, but I think if Megan's getting paid by the word, she must be the best paid author in the world. <laughs> it's got, How you much could, did
2: she get paid? I haven't got Do a clue, know? but
3: you could certainly write all the words from the book on sort of the palm of your hand. Look, it's very you can't.
0: look, it's, it's very about short. quality, not quantity, surely.
3: Okay, well if it, if yeah. it's quality of words, I don't want to sound um catty at all, you know, but they But you are the, sounding the, super the, catty, the, right? the the poetry, (laughs) it's a a bit weak. I think if it was your sort of GCSE um, English exam, the teacher might send it back and ask for, um, you know, C minus with a lot more effort needed. But um, no what's
2: your view Sarah do you think Meghan's got a future in children's writing I think it's a bit like Prince Edward extremely dull mm. um, but I think that, that what is interesting about it is that it seems to be in, it's not really a children's book at all it's more of an instruction leaflet for Harry <laughs> <laughs> it just, basically it's just full of things going you will you we'll will see. you will do this you will do this it you is will your do bench. this That's you your will bench. sit on it yeah. and you will do this and you will say this I mean it is it is uh, I don't know I, the thing is I can't imma- I mean I know that um, their children are very small, so perhaps they haven't quite sort of uh, seen the full gamut of what little kids like to read. But, yeah. but, but, but in my experience, children like adventure. They like sort of monsters. They like <laughs> uh, they like a story pre- predominantly. There's no story in this book. No, it's just a series of, you know, you'll go to the shops, you'll have a hug, you'll cry. And it's just, it, it, it's not a story. It's just, it, well, it, it's a sort of slightly soupy um, set of inst- sort of love instructions. It's, it's, I mean, it's definitely not for children.
0: I, yeah, I kind of... I, having one child myself, I kind of... I struggle with that. But I imagine if you're about two, three years old and you're getting to grips with words, it might be a nice little
2: simple structure, but I don't know. Also, if you're a bench fetishist, you will really yeah, enjoy it. Because yeah. if you open it up on the... There's uh, a lot of benches. There's a lot of pictures of benches, different benches. All It's a very diverse... Bench book.
3: Yeah. <laughs> think yeah. thing, there's something terribly patronising about just <laughs> the sort of famous people who assume, oh, it's so easy to knock out a yeah. children's wow, book. Yeah. You know, the good children's books, that they're wonderful. They take so much creativity yeah. And, yeah. and effort and they last.
0: And, and
2: exactly, they're enduring. I mean, really my goodness, are. I grew up with the hungry caterpillar. Yes. And yeah. the author yeah. died
3: recently and that's yeah. a book that sticks with I all mean, of I mean, I would us.
2: say that it's the most difficult thing to do, write a good children's book. It's much harder than writing a good adult book. Genuinely, Mm. I think it's really properly hard to write a good children's book. This is not a children's book. But
0: what about... It's also not very good. How do you think it compares... Now, I must admit, I haven't read any of Sarah Ferguson's series of children's books but how do you have any idea how it compares no, I haven't there's either. a little there's a bit more plot in Sarah's right? I do
3: have a couple of signed copies at home well of, um, of course you do <laughs> <laughs> yeah. books from yeah. Fergie and um, no they were great because essentially they were always fun mm. it was always a story mm. and um, particularly with um, you know budgie the little helicopter that's you know, what was was, I
0: was going to say birdie that I was it that yeah. was a bee
3: turned into um, you know successful cartoons because mm. essentially they were fun and that's what children want yeah. And, you know, this is, is very worthy, but it's a book maybe for an adult to buy and show um, I mean, it's sh- not, it's not fun. Are.
2: There's no fun in it. It's just a lecture on how you have to be kind to everyone all the time.
3: Mm. Well, come on, there's a lesson there for all of us. I
2: know. Sarah. It's like you can tell Sarah's rolling her eyes at that. <laughs> it's
3: like... <ugh>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Before we go, I just want to go back to Rebecca English. Rebecca, we've not discussed why... Are you hovering around at Highgrove today? Tell us what's been going on.
1: Yes, I'm not in my front room today. I'm outside Highgrove, Prince Charles's country residence in Gloucestershire, where he has been launching a charity bike ride on behalf of the British Asian Trust, which is a charity he founded. And uh, he was really game today on great form and even... Uh, dusted off his bike and got out to actually lead the riders out. So instead of the Prince of Wales, he was the Prince of Wheels today.
0: So how was it? Did you have to run alongside the bikes as they rode out or did you get on your bike as well?
1: (laughs) I'm really hoping no one has got any footage of what happened earlier on, which was me in my heels trying to run alongside his bike uh, and him actually even cheekily asking if I wanted him to cycle any slower so I could keep up. Uh, It was very funny, and it'll make great copy for the Daily Mail, but I'm really hoping no one's got it on camera.
0: (sighs) Another day in the regal life of our Rebecca English. That is all we have time for today. My thanks to Rebecca, Sarah Vine, Ian Lloyd and Richard Eden. And don't forget to sign up to his newsletter at the link on the screen now. Thank you for watching. We will see you next week.